Greetings and salutations. This is the Phil Brothers Journey. There's mine. Cheers to what? Cheers to those who wish to get a vaccine that now can get it if they're age 16 and above. So cheers. We're taking a shot for the shot. Taking a shot for the shot. Apple cider vinegar. Here we go. Your your facial expressions are amazing. My goodness. I'm (laughs) glad I'm not on video. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Tell us what you think about that. (coughs) I taste no apple. No apple? I taste a lot of vinegar. Vinegar. So it should just be called... It was very sour. Yeah. Vinegar. Woo! It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Supposed to be super healthy. It's definitely getting the blood flowing, I would imagine. But we're doing our part. We're doing our part. Celebrating. uh, Everybody has their own choice. That's right. Every respect everyone's choice. And so... Go for it. Mm -hmm. Make your choice. All right. Deb Barrett was the publisher of Agenda Open Government which was a newsletter published about local government in the 90s, back when the Internet was just getting out there. Deb is arguably the number one fan in Indiana for the Comic-Con world. Her claim to fame is that Chris Hemsworth touched her on the deltoid of her shoulder. Deb also happens to be the Elkhart City Clerk in Elkhart, Indiana. Deb Barrett, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. So please tell us more about this agenda open government. What the heck is that? One of the things I noticed when I would, I started attending council meetings, I got interested in local government for things happening locally, is I would go to the meetings and I would watch and then I'd read the newspaper articles and a lot of times they didn't resemble what I saw. Didn't match. No. Okay. Um, you know, when... When that at that time, that council, if they would make sarcastic comments or um, insult people, that never made it into the newspaper. Okay. So I wanted to give a fuller story, you know, and I um, always put on there, I would have little sections where I would say, AOG for Agenda Open Government opinion, as in, this didn't happen, but here's what I think about it. Uh So I would have these little text boxes. It was crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) It was trying to put it all together and with software at the time that was still new. And, um, but I used clip art. I made cartoons of people. I did, yeah. You made you made a solid effort there. I did. And so you said it was crazy. What do you mean when you say it was crazy? Um, like I was using this uh, word publishing program, and it was fairly new, and it still had glitches. So I'd get most of my one page done, and something would happen. Everything would be out of whack. I'd have to start over. Oh, from the very beginning? Yes. That sounds quite frustrating. It was very frustrating. And... Um, I had no graphic arts, so I had I could only use clip art. So I had to find clip art that would match whatever I was talking about. Okay. And then I would try to make a cartoon about it, and um, so it was a lot. It was a lot more 
labor intensive back then than <laughs> it is now. Not that what people do now isn't labor intensive. It's much better technology. Right. But if I'd had the internet, I would have been I would have been a force to be reckoned with. So what's the biggest difference with the internet then versus now? You mentioned earlier about four ninety nine an hour. An hour. And I never I didn't know that. Prodigy Network was one of the first ones I remember. Okay. They charged four dollars ninety nine cents an hour. And later on, probably with three or four years, AOL came along and said, We're gonna give you unlimited internet for twenty dollars. You a crapped month. your pants. So then of course Prodigy had to file suit. But it was not conducive for me to be able to do anything internet wise for the newsletter because it would have just been too expensive. Yeah. So the internet part would you just go grab the clip art, you'd go grab the simple things and then you would mostly word processor set it up. Then you would print it and then how did you distribute it? Tell me about that. I would take it down to our local copy shop. Okay. You remember the name of the coffee shop? Right now it's Allegra, but okay. I think it was I think it was a different name before. All right. And I would have him print however many copies of whatever money I I would had and then I would drive around to neighborhoods and put my newsletter unsolicited in newspaper boxes. Okay. Now, you said whatever money I had. Was that like stretching the budget? You're like, I will throw everything I have at this because it's important to me. Is that how you viewed it? Yes, especially getting started. And later on, I I would get donations. Um, but to subscribe to my newsletter, like if you wanted it through the mail, you only had to pay the postage. So whatever the postage was going to cost me. So I wasn't making a lot of money or in it to make money. You weren't stacking up the dollar bills up to the no. ceiling? <laughs> no. Okay. I was trying to make a point. Okay. And so that's, and my point was, people don't know what happens at these meetings, and I'm going to tell them what happens at these meetings. And why is or was that important to you of people knowing what's going on at the meetings? Well, I believe it holds true today. I believe people should be involved. I think they should know what's happening in their government. I think um, the technology has gotten better and better. And one of the things I've, I've noticed through the pandemic is a lot of cities have started streaming a lot of their meetings and people can watch from home. And I think that's wonderful because, you know, if you've worked all day, if you've worked all day and... Um, Hello, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, how are we you have, doing? We have a caller. They have a question for you. Uh, yes. Um, if we have a... Um, oh, people need to know how their money's being spent. One of the, the taglines, even back in the 90s on my newsletter, was city, um, city elected officials are not celebrities. They are employees of us. And I still believe that today. I believe that I am employed by the citizens of this city. Okay. And um, I just wanted people to get involved. No one had ever questioned claims. No one had ever questioned any of the workings. So when I started asking questions and asking for copies of claims, it was like a new 
they didn't want to cooperate because they never had to and no one ever asked before. Like, whoa, 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 people don't do this. Yes. People don't care about what happens here, woman. What are you doing? Yes. And that's how you, it sounds like you were received that way, huh? Yes. I even, I was asked, I traveled with um, one of the editors from the South Bend Tribune and we went down to the Indiana State House. As um, this is right before they instituted the public access counselor. And they were talking about getting one. And so I testified in front of this committee at the Indiana State House about my experiences with trying to get public records. Gotcha. So you were a maverick. I really was. A fireball. Okay. And also uh, you were described as a rabid dog at some point. What was the Circling full? Circling the perimeter. I was a rabid dog. During a summary judgment hearing, I was the city then city attorney um, described me as a rabid dog circling the perimeter. And how did you feel about that? I thought, I hope you've had your rabies shot. Because <laughs> I'm coming for you, sucker. Because I'm not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is good. So that did not deter you, whatever uh, comments were made towards you. It didn't matter because it was so important to you. Yes. And you mentioned that it's important in your mind that people be involved in local government what is the biggest contributor or maybe some of the biggest contributors, uh, contributing factors to people maybe not being involved or not caring that much? Why do you think that is? I think people are busy. People are working. Some people are working more than one job. They're raising a family. You know, they're raising their kids. And I think it's very difficult. That's why I do like the streaming. I do think that makes it easier. But, you know, after you've worked all day, made dinner, and got your kids' homework done – the last thing a lot of people want to do is come sit at a city council meeting and listen to something like tax abatements. I mean, not, it's important that we know everything that's happening, but not everything that is happening is going to be as critical to every person as other things. Okay. And I just feel people can stay on top of what's happening, especially the things that are important to them, if they um, have a source. And again, I think the streaming of the meetings and the fact, you know, in Elkhart, um, I believe people can go onto the website and view past meetings, and that's an exact duplicate of what's happening. So there is no need to editorialize anymore, as I did right. prior, um, because you can see what's being said and and who's saying it. And approximately how long is that? Like the, the um, what is it called, where it says, all right, this is what happened in the meeting. Now we're going to write it down and, and put it on there. How long is that? One page, 10 pages, 100 pages? Well, no, it depends. The actual video, I think, is on there okay. for viewing. Which is approximately how long on an average meeting? Probably two hours average. Okay. It can go longer during budget session. Got it. Um, my my council clerk does the minutes of the meeting that then are approved by the council, and then those are posted. So if you don't want to watch the whole meeting, yeah, you can go through and maybe find what you're looking for. How many pages the me- the minutes approximately? Depends on the length of the meeting. Yeah. Two pages, five pages, no. ten pages? Mm, 20. I would probably say... 
There you go. About 10 to 15. 10 to 15 Thank, page. thank you. The, the, we have a celebrity, Tracy, here in the background helping us out, the fact checker. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'll speak from my perspective. I'll, I have two sides inside of me, the caring side and the lazy side. Um, and they have different names depending on what day it is. But in this instance, it's, yes, I think it is important so that we know what's going on. It's, this will affect our lives, what, what taxes or whatever's going on. The lazy side is like, I'm trying to watch New Girl on Netflix. I ain't trying to sit there for two hours and watch that. Or I ain't trying to go through 15 pages of things that I can, there's probably a nugget or two in there that will affect me, but most of it, it's it's so boring and difficult for me to, to sort through. Is there a, and then you mentioned there's nothing like editorial now that we're, look, man, in two minutes, I'm going to give you the rundown. Boom, 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 boom. This is what might affect you. Boom, boom, boom. Here you go. At least you can be more informed. Is there anything like that that exists or would that be even helpful? I, I, I do think it might be helpful. I don't, I don't know that it actually exists in a format. I know several of the elected officials have Facebook pages, and they will respond to questions. Um, there's a county councilman right now that after each meeting, he posts on Facebook a summary of what they talked about, which I think is helpful. Um, but the, the one thing is, you know, people in general – we worry about our Congress and our president. When those uh, elections come around, we pay attention and we realize they're important and they usually have a higher turnout. But the, the issue is that local government affects you more directly, more right now. Things that the local government does are going to be a more immediate effect on your actual living yeah so getting involved asking questions and and like i said i realize people are busy i don't think it's lazy i think it's busy okay um i realize people are busy but just always remember you have a right to attend these meetings you have a right to know how your money's being spent we are employees of you you know so do you think most people believe that or um yeah, that, that that has weight or power when someone says it because it's kind of like I can see that where a lot of people will feel you say that, but then you just boss me around. I have to do what you say, and I don't feel that way. You know, what? how do we change that if that's true, and what do you think about oh, most no. people feeling that way? I think there are some people. There are some people that, that absolutely feel like um, other than voting, they have no – they have no voice. Yeah. And for that reason, sometimes they don't engage. Um, I, I believe that if you don't tell them you're unhappy, or maybe you're happy, maybe you love a decision they made, you know, I think you take a minute, you send an email, you don't, you know, if you don't want to attend the meeting or if, if there's an issue you're concerned about and you say, you know what, I don't think I agree with this, most of the time one of those officials is going to respond to you and either give you their perspective and why they do or don't support that item. So I'm not saying people have to devote as much time as I did back then. In the, in the agenda open government days? Yes, I I had nothing else to do. Yeah, like, I'm going to eat peanut butter and jelly to afford to print this so that I can get the truth out there. Uh, Yeah, most people are probably not that committed. Well, and, you know, like I said, the mayor 
at the time, they're there me. And it was kind of, you know, I had to ask legitimate questions. And he's looking at me like, who are you to ask me these questions because you're just a housewife? And he oh, said that. Yes, he, he said did. it out loud. Yes, he did. And, and how I did was, that make you feel? Um, well, first it ticked me off. And then it made me determined. He lit that fire. Yep. And um, I was never afraid to take him on head to head. Um, they may not have always liked my opinion in my newsletter, but they could never go to my newsletter and say, these facts are not right. Yeah. Because my facts were always right. They may not like how I interpreted the facts, sure. but, they, but my facts were always right. They didn't like the fact that you probably knew the facts. They didn't expect me to know the facts. Sure. Because they're there. You're just a housewife. I'm just a housewife. I needed to go back and... Let the big people run the government. And you said, I'll show you what this housewife's going to do, son. And that is literally what set me on fire. Yeah. And um, I had saw in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, there was these two women in Fulton County, and they had, they had started this newsletter. And they did a, a newspaper article, and it says, Pear Yank Chains at City Hall. And I thought, well, I could start a newsletter. I'll yank some chains. I gave them a call. I found them, gave them a call. We, I collaborated with them, and, and they gave me some ideas, and it was born. What was that conversation like specifically as far as the, either the questions asked or the energy behind it? Like, were they like, go get them, girl? Yes, and they were, they, they had already been fired up, so, you know, and their quote was, those people at City Hall are not sacred cows. I said celebrities. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, they work for us. Yeah. And they will give us copies of these claims, and they will answer these questions, and it is our money. And then they would say, well, you might want to check out phone bills because sometimes you can find interesting stuff. And I was like, okay. Light bulb. Yeah. I was like, Okay, and I knew it would really aggravate them that I was asking for the cell phone records. I knew that would, because they've, if they've never had to give you a copy of a, of a bid on a bridge, they're going to think cell phone records are personal, but they're not if they're paid for with taxpayer money. Yeah, I would. And when you were telling me earlier about the, the phone bills, I'm like, that does seem personal. But again, the bottom line is what's paying for it. At that point, it's not personal. You are subject to the people that you represent. And it's being paid for, not by them. Yeah. So and that was my premise. My premise is, no, no, this is not your personal data. Yeah. And of course, it was different back, back then because they would put each and every phone number that was dialed. It wasn't like now where you just get a block and it's unlimited calling or texting. No, no. Each and every phone number they called was listed on the bill. And the amount of time that it's on there as And well. the amount of times it was on there. And then sometimes if, they were, if it was charged like a toll call, how much it, it was actually costing. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, also you mentioned a, a funny little analogy I heard uh, about a hemorrhoid. What, what was your analogy? Yes, there? yes. I... I was a hemorrhoid on the butt of the city, so large there was not enough preparation agent in the world to make me disappear. That sounds like a big hemorrhoid. 
and I wore it proudly. Yeah, you were glad. So what percentage of the the process was, I'm going to ask for the cell phone bills because I'm going to be a pain in your ass, I'm going to be a hemorrhoid, and I just can, versus there's something going on here that I think we need to uncover and deal with. What oh, would, no, it was the first one. The, you're, you're like, I am a proud hemorrhoid, and just because I have the constitutional right to do it, I'm going to do it. And they didn't like my newsletter. Yeah. And one of the things that the then controller said to me when I went asking for records was, I will wait till the last minute of the last hour of the last day before I give you anything. Mm. And we put that in the brief when we, when we sued, and both courts quoted it. Well, she said, and it's because they didn't like my political affiliation. Right. Which was opposite theirs. Right. And that's what it came down to was just, you have a different political philosophy, so we're just going to deny you everything. You can't do that. Yeah. You... So as opposed to, you, I work for you, and of course I want you to be informed, and I want this to be uh, a government that you're part of, because I look out for the best of my community. It doesn't sound like that was the sentiment at all, huh? No. And I was, I was glad when Indiana law laid it out. You can't ask people why they want the record, if they want to be anonymous, they can be. They don't even have to give you their name. Because if it's a public record, it doesn't matter who they are, and it doesn't matter why they want it. Yeah. And so, and now, with technology, again, those public records in, in many offices are actually becoming publicly on the Internet. They don't even have to request it. The offices are making it publicly known. People are just clicking on it anonymously and saying, oh, let's, let's see what's going on here. I can... It's a lot easier to be informed and in touch with that from, from individuals, you know, the busy person at home doing dinner and saying, you know what, I want to spend 15 minutes versus two hours driving to the meeting down wherever it is. It's a lot easier to be informed, and it's a lot more publicly available. Does that sound right? I do. I think anything that will ease access to the public is a positive step because that's where we should always be looking. What is going to make it easier for them to find what they're looking for and to be able to comment on the issues of the day to the people they pay to represent them? You know, and um, like I said, I know not everybody, they have more pressing things. I would just encourage people to please register to vote. Regardless of how you, which side, register to vote, let your voice be heard, and, you know, make a choice. You know, at least find out about the people running, who, who most represents your viewpoint. And I, I really think that's important because, like I said, I believe local government affects us the most immediately and the most close to home. And for some reason... I think a lot of times it falls to the least important of the elections and or paying attention to the meetings and the and the budget. I mean, we have four or five days of budget hearings every year. And um, I think the Elkhart budget, was it $82 million? It was, you know... But that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of taxpayer money. Sure. So it's like, where is all this going? You should want to know. And Right. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you skim over it or there's a certain department you want to see, you know, how much money they're increasing or getting. And um, 
I, I will say that I believe that all of the council people we have now will respond to their constituents. I, I really believe that. Every yeah. single one of them, I believe, will answer a question. They will call you back. They will answer your email. I, I believe that's very important, and I believe all of them do that right now. So I was just getting an idea as you're, you're saying some of this stuff. What if we made, like, budget meetings as exciting and interesting as, like, the Super Bowl, which probably not going to come close to that level, but, like, hey, I'm hosting a budget party. We're going to stream it. I got popcorn and wings, and let's watch this budget. What are the likelihoods of that ever happening? I don't know about the likelihood, but I would love it. I would be. <laughs> what I about would be if you ha- hosted one? I would be happy to be involved in something like that. All right. What and- if I hosted one, and then you would get the word out, and we would have a budget party? Yes. I, th- I think we should have a budget party, and we should make it fun. Yeah. We're doing you know, that. I'm telling you, we're doing that. Because, you know, there is nothing fun about it right. right now. Right. And at times it goes on and on and on. And, you know, you're hearing how many potholes have to be filled. And, and while all of that is important, it is not as good as, say, the new sitcom with Alan Tudyk, Resident Alien. I love that show. Resident Alien? Yes. I haven't heard of it. It's awesome. Okay. And so um, if we made it more fun... Or condensed. Yes, that's but sounds grand. But I don't think the the people testifying or the councilmen can condense. They have questions that need to be asked. Sure. They and then you have um, department heads who need to present. I don't think we should cut them down, but I do think if it was a little more condensed, maybe we could get more people to All right, here's my here's another brainstorm as I'm talking here and getting these wonderful ideas. So we take the budget meeting which is 2 hours ish, longer. 4 It's longer and it's usually over several days. So no one's going to do 4 hours of watching that. But what if we took a compilation, took the highlights into a 10-minute video like this and gave our like give the rundown about it in a fun way while I'm snuggling up to Darth Vader over here. What is the possibility of something like that? Where Do you I'm, believe it would increase engagement? I am willing to give it a whirl. We're doing it. I'm willing to give it a whirl. All right, we're freaking doing it. Because I, I believe that the one thing everybody has in common, we all liked a giggle, we all like a laugh. And if there is any way we could make it more at least we could make it fun but informative correct so people would know what's happening you know like i said i i really believe local government is is the most has the most impact on your life right no i that sounds true again i've been so for myself lazy disengaged bored probably and again busy i mean having children and family and everything else it's hard to give four hours of a life to see about all right it's going to cost twelve dollars to fill that pothole and 180 dollars like i don't know i don't that sounds terrible to me but something like we're talking about possibility so we just got the brainstorm in the mix here well and i you know i like i like ronald reagan and you know i think it's fine to trust your the people that you've elected i think that should be your your first in inclination Trust the people you've elected. Verify they're doing what you want them to do. What if you didn't vote for them and you don't trust them because, you know, they're not the ones that you picked or whatever, then that's where maybe there's a little bit more scrutiny in general, correct? I I believe so. Yeah. I mean, the sad thing is you have the same people 
coming to the meetings, raising the issues. And so they get, I, elected officials, I think, get used to seeing those people. Okay, we know they're going to complain about something. They're my hemorrhoid over there in the yes. corner. Here we go. Yes. And so I think that it would be good to get just maybe some new faces just once in a while. Like if people would just commit, I'm going to come to two council meetings a year, and there's two a month. Yeah. Um, and not go on budget because I'm not going to sit there for six hours and, and listen Ain't to... Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no. But if they would at least give it a try, uh-huh. or even just go to one and see what it's like. Sure. So again, if we start... And again, this is going to be a post-COVID theory here, but it's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Going to dinner, and then we're going to the budget meeting. Represent, here we go. <laughs> and then you made like a group thing of it. It would be more fun. I mean, again, we, we're going to go for 30 minutes. It's a two-hour meeting. We're going for 30 minutes, and we're going to make a thing of it. I feel like that would be, like, even as I'm talking about this, I, like, I might even do that because it's pretty hard for me to sit through those meetings. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've watched a few online and took a peek, and it's it's a challenge. But I think if something like that dynamic were spreading, then maybe it would be a I think it more... would be. I think it would be amazing. I think we might even get some of the younger voters right. involved if it was fun and and online and here's the here's the summary sure and for more information go to xyz mm-hmm. you know so they could get the whole thing right you know but i i do i think that would be a good idea all right we're just coming up with revolutionary ideas here just uh building off the foundational backbone of your uh agenda open government this is uh, the coolest part about this podcast is there's probably going to be the most noises that we have in the background. <laughs> so we're setting records here. Sorry. No, it's it's all good. Uh, it's part of life. So uh, it's improv, right? Things right. happen. We're not always expecting it. So speaking of improv, we are going to improv make up a TV show right here on the spot because why not? Let's do it. Okay. So I feel like maybe the uh, the background is like a, a, an office type mockumentary something or other because you, you're into office, I think, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. As who isn't, right? Because it's amazing. So in this instance, what's the, what's the setting of this mockumentary? Well, see, I think we all just relate to, well, for instance, we have city court. Okay. Which is like night court. Okay. We get crazy cases. Yeah. You know, naked lawnmower guy. Yeah. I, please expl- elaborate on the naked lawnmower guy because this sounds Naked fantastic. lawnmower guy. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's give him a name. Dwayvid. Dwayvid, the naked lawnmower guy. Here Dwayvid, we go. Dwayvid, the naked lawnmower guy. Yes. So Dwayvid yes. is on Cassopolis Street, mm-hmm. which is very busy, and it is still daylight outside. Okay. And he is cutting his front grass, which faces Cassopolis Street, naked. Naked Dwayvid. Except he's wearing a dog collar. Oh. And flip-flops. Ooh. And Sounds so, functional. And so he's reported <laughs> by people driving down the street. <laughs> and he shows up in court. Yeah. I, I don't imagine Dwayvid looks like Chris Hemsworth. No. Okay. And he shows up in court. And... Uh, He's calling us right now. He shows up in court and he says, the judge said, what on earth were you thinking to be out there naked, riding a lawnmower, cutting your grass? WTF, David. 
And Dwayne said, I lost a bet. Ah. And the judge said, what was the bet? And he goes, oh, I don't think it would be appropriate to say. Even better. Now you should. And the judge said, <laughs> but it's appropriate to cut your grass naked on Cassopolis Street. Your discretion of appropriateness is very clear yes. here. He never did tell us what the bet was. But okay. the judge was so frustrated because David was doing that. And, I mean, families are driving up and down Cassopolis Street. It wasn't, you know, no harm, no foul thing. Right. And I think he got fined like $1,000 yeah. for for naked lawnmower guy. No no jail time. No. Just naked lawnmower guy paying he, a fine. David. So hopefully the bet, he either got like five grand so he could pay the fine and still profit versus uh, I'll bet you $10 you won't go naked and mow your lawn. I'm, you know, I was not convinced when he left that he would never do something like that again. He seemed very nonchalant. Worth maybe it. Maybe a little high. Okay. And, and he was kind of like, well, you know. This was worth it. Actually, I might do this again. But those are the kind of cases. Yeah. So if, if I had to do a mockumentary, unfortunately, I would lean toward a court clerk office. Okay, fair because enough. Because we have crazy people. Yes, I mean, why not? It's like Night Court, the TV show. Yes, with uh, with Bull, the big old bald guy. We get these crazy cases with people that other courts don't get. Yeah, that's fabulous. So let's let's roll with uh, Dwayvid, the naked lawnmower guy, as a character in the show. Like maybe he he frequents the Night Court every month or so, just because okay. he's doing his things. Uh, so now we're gonna go to another scenario where his buddy. Um, What's his buddy's name? Big Shady. Yeah, Big Shady the buddy. Okay, so Big Shady's going to dare Dwayne the naked lawnmower guy to do the next thing. So they're sitting around. Again, you mentioned they're high, so let's say you know they, they're um, affected by some substances here. Sitting around, he's like, dude, I bet you won't. I bet you won't steal a pie from somebody's cart in Walmart. Steal a pie from someone's cart in Walmart. Now not steal it, steal it. Just take it from their cart uh-huh. and then pay for it. Oh, okay. But it's Thanksgiving. Ah. Uh. And there's a shortage. Oh, okay. Now we're laying out a little bit of drama. Of these here. frozen pies. Yep. So okay. So Dwayne goes with What's he Big wearing? Shady. Well, he's got clothes on. He has clothes Walmart, this time? Walmart won't let him in. Yeah. And he's like, well, they're out of pumpkin pie. Oh. And so Dwayvid says, I'm just going to take one out of the, one of these women's carts. Okay. So we've got the woman, and let's give her a name while she's walking with her cart. Um, Hagatha. Hagatha is walking. She's got her pumpkin pie. She's ready for her family to have a happy Thanksgiving. Dwayvid, the naked lawnmower guy, is creeping in the midst. And then? And, you know... And she's tired. Okay. Because she's getting ready to cook all this food. Yep. And she's tired. And she's been working all week up to that point. So David waits till she turns her back. Yep. Takes the pie out of the cart. Yep. And a fight ensues. Oh, shoot. Who's getting in the fight? Well, Hagatha turns around yep. and just asks him what the hell he's doing. What? And then it's just on. Oh, shoot. And she wants her pie back since it's the last one. You better give me my pie back, son. And then both of them end up in our court. Oh, and now they have to explain. And the judge is like, Dwayvid the naked lawnmower guy, you're <laughs> in my court again. What the hell? For pie stealing. Pie stealing. 
but not officially stealing because he was willing to pay for it. He was confiscating it from the original owner. Ah, so like possession is nine-tenths of the law. Therefore, I saw it, I had it, it's mine, it's not yours. And now the judge has to rule on this. And he's probably exasperated because really we're dealing with this. Thanksgiving should be a time of sharing and we're stealing. And judge is funny. So I can see him running with it. Okay. He's just like, we're doing this. Yeah. And um, probably telling him he could never have pumpkin pie. Yeah. Or that he's on probation and one of his terms probation is no pumpkin pie. If I even smell pumpkin pie on your (laughs) breath, Dwayne, the naked lawnmower guy, you are going to be fine. Right. Or maybe spend a night in the, what do they call it, the drunk tank? Yes. And you're not going to like that. And Haggith is just scowling at him. Right. Hagatha doesn't think she belongs there yeah. because she believes she is the victim, even yeah. though then she started throwing things at him out of her cart and but wanted her pie back. She felt justified because... Self-defense. Yeah, that pie was important to her. And and she was claiming self-defense. So. Yeah. So, okay, let's say that that scenario took place the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yes. When would the court take place? It would... Be, well, it would depend. Okay. If Dwayne and Hagatha are taken into custody... Mm-hmm. They would probably have a hearing the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, but they would be kept for the holiday if they were in custody? They could probably have a bond set if they could pay the bond. Dwayne, the naked lawnmower guy who already owes $1,000, may not have bond. Okay. Hagatha may have bond. Got it. So Dwayne may or may not. Maybe Big Shady pays it for him, looking out yes, for him. Yes, because he feels bad. Yeah. And because he still ain't got no pie. Gotcha. Yeah, and Dw- and Big Shady wants a pie. He wanted the pie. He, he's got. I feel like he's got a big old gut. And he's just really wanting that pie. Like, he literally he is going to have it on his face when he's eating it because he's just a sloppy mess. He did. He wanted the pie. And so, um, Dwayne could be held for Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, they would meet with a magistrate probably no later than Friday and have bond set. Yep. And then court could be two or three weeks out where they actually get then get face-to-face with our judge, who is hilarious. Okay. And would, would David, so he would be in custody, he would be in jail in Thanksgiving for this? And is he going to get a good Thanksgiving meal in jail? I have never been in jail on okay. Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're going to so make it I up don't now. Know. We're making uh, it up. Oh, we're making it up. Yeah. Okay. But no pie. No pie. So you can have Thanksgiving. So is he going to get turkey and gravy? Yes. And okay. he, he could get turkey and gravy, and but he would get no pie okay. because that would be, you know rewarding him uh-huh. for his behavior so maybe big shady ended up with the pie somehow or no what happened to the pie Did I, you know, take I, it back i always envision when when she started throwing canned food at him yeah. he dropped the pie okay i envisioned that the pie was uh lost in the scuffle it was it was ruined yes but i want to see big shady crawling on the ground <laughs> grabbing a piece and just like slurping it up real quick <laughs> and then sneaking out so he doesn't get caught what about that <laughs> Yeah, Big Shady never gets caught. Big Shady, he's just shady. He's, he, he's he lurking never, in the shadows. He never gets caught. Uh-huh. He's always in the background. Okay, so I want to see him then visiting Naked Lawnmower Guy in jail with pie on his face, being like, sorry, bro. He's like, you still ate that pie off the ground and I'm in jail? But but the thing is, does Dwayne actually know he should be offended? Uh-huh. I'm not sure. He's too dumb? I mean, he may just look at him and say, dude. I'm in jail, boo. Yep. Dwayne's a dumbass. Was ass. the pie good? Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. So Dwayne's a little dumbass. Yeah. I mean, again, you're going to mow your lawn naked. With a dog collar. With a dog collar and flip-flops. flip-flops. 
The dog collar is an interesting factor here. Well, that's mostly what we wanted to know. The inappropriateness probably ties to the dog collar, I'm imagining. But he would never say. He wouldn't. I almost want to do a podcast with Dwayne the Naked Lawnmower Guy, to be honest. Uh, he was he was young, but he was quite interesting, yeah. and he seemed to have no shame. Okay. I, I think I'm going to have him on. Maybe at some point, if he's appropriate enough, we could even have him part of one of our budget parties. And Yes, and who knows? Maybe he will finally disclose what the bet was. Actually, it is now my mission in life to find <laughs> out what the hell this bet was. I will find out. <laughs> yes. So... To be continued, stay tuned, everybody. We're going to find out the steal. All right, so let's switch gears to the Comic-Con world. Yes. So the first time I ever walked in your office, I about crapped a brick because I'm like, this does not look like a government office that I've ever seen or imagined in my life, and I freaking love it. So what uh, was that the sentiment you were going for when you're like, I'm going to set up my office, and it's going to be like this? Well... I, I set up my office because I'm here all the time, and this is the stuff I enjoy. And so I get one of two reactions okay. when people walk in here. They either have the reaction you ex- just described. I love it. Or they look at it like, oh, you know. You're one of those. I'm one of those. Those are my people. Uh-huh. And I wear it proudly. Yes, you do. I am a nerd. Yes. I love everything comic con I love superheroes and... 1980s movies with signatures on... Yes, I have... Um, that's my, my horror wall. Horror wall. You know. All right, so let's, let's break down the walls. So here is the horror wall. Yes. And the top t- one or two things, if you can only pick one or two, what are you going to go with? I'd probably go with Tim Curry from It. And it would be between Richard Dreyfus from Jaws and Rowdy Roddy Piper from They Live. Rowdy Roddy Piper. I did not know he was in a horror movie of any sort. Oh, yes. it was. That mullet is freaking rocking, though. It was directed by John Carpenter, who okay. did Halloween and The Fog. Okay. Yes. So those are my top ones. Those I, are my grails over okay. there. Okay, I love it. So we're calling that the horror wall. Yes. Now, here's the Star Wars wall, I'm pretty sure. Yes, we've this got, section. So we've got two four-foot... Frickin', we got Darth Vader and what's that guy called? He's a stormtrooper, and he's holding Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's on there. That was a new addition. It was not originally in there because I don't think that was out yet when I first came in this office. No, Now he's in there. It was a gift from someone who must know me. Okay, yes. Uh, Yes, exactly. I see John Cena here. Uh, There's pictures with you and I believe your daughter? My daughter, yes. And you guys used to rock that back before COVID destroyed society, and hopefully we can bounce that back again. We'll get to the uh, the upcoming Comic-Con thing in Elkhart in a second, because that is an exciting element. It is. For those who are into Comic-Con. All right. are we? What are we going to call this wall here? Do that we... is my DC corner. Okay. And it has Adam West, the original Batman TV. OG Batman? Yes. And then I have, of course, Dean Kane up there. Love me some Superman. Okay. Uh, Christian Bale is on this side, and... Um, Eli Walsh, who played the original Mr. Freeze on the Batman TV show. Okay. Mr. Freeze, never heard of that guy. Oh, yes. Okay. He froze everything. Arnold Schwarzenegger later plays him in a movie. I did hear about him in that in regard. Right. So, yes. So, this was... Um, I have a lot of things that I haven't had framed yet. So, okay. that's that's kind of where I'm at 
with those right now. Gotcha. So that's to be continued. That to corner. be continued. Fair enough. And then we have. I see the Simpsons over here. Police Academy. He Man. And what do we have a name for this corner? Yeah, this is my animation comedy. Got it. So I've got the guy from Weekend at Bernie's. Well, where's the at? Over there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And then I have um, the artist from, the one of the animators from The Simpsons who drew my son's entire family as a Simpson. So okay. that's my son's family. Awesome. I feel like that was a, a maybe a background of your, uh, your profile at some point. Yes, it's still up there. Okay, there you yeah. go. And then... I have Captain Caveman and He-Man uh, film cells from two, uh, from Tom Cook, who worked for Hanna-Barbera. Okay, describe what a film cell is, because I don't know that I'm familiar film with Film cells are what they used originally, and they used to throw them away, um, and it's in sheets. Okay. Like, uh, you would have some of the colors, but you didn't want to mash them together, and they would put these clear plastic sheets together and draw them and color in between. That sounds complicated. It, 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 it's complicated to explain. Yeah. But those film cells are signed by Tom Cook and then one by Phil Ortiz as well because they were an animators for Hanna-Barbera back in the day. Hanna-Barbera did He-Man. They did He-Man, Captain Caveman. They did a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I used to see that crap up there. Yogi Bear, I think. Yes. I think the Flintstones, they did... They did a lot of stuff. OG, Hanna-Barbera, shout out. Okay, so that's the animated corner here. Uh, Better Call Saul. Yes. I I have that up there. That I was is going to be, I think, my music wall. Okay. Um, he's hanging up there for now because he was already framed. But I have um, a lot of classic rock memorabilia. Like, I have a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit sign, signed by Sammy Hagar, okay. with a circle and a slash, you know, can't drive 55. Uh-huh. I've got um, Queen's The Night at the Opera, signed by two members of the band. I have Foreigner. I have Fog Hat. And all those will eventually get up there somewhere. Make their way. They will. Some here, somewhere, somehow. Yes. Awesome. Because, yeah, there's a little bit of space here that I see yes. we can fill in there. I see Spider-Man over here, Back to the Future, and looks like, uh, oh, don't tell me who that guy is. He's really famous. He's the creator of Marvel. He shows up oh my God. in the movies. I cannot believe you do not. Dan. Stan who? Lee. Oh, my gosh. I, you worried me. Oof. Yes. So, Stan Lee signed my Spider-Man poster. Yep. And then Christopher Lloyd signed my Back to the Future poster. Got it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Actually, so uh, a little story about Back to the Future. Did a daddy-daughter date eh, about a month ago uh, with probably about five, six girls and their dads. And we rented out the theater. Back to the Future was the movie. And I forgot how amazing that movie was. It's been so long I saw it. And it was a delightful experience. So that reminds me of that. Now, into superheroes to let you know my favorite superhero is X-Man. Which one? Just X-Man. The X-Man. It's not really a superhero. I, okay. I love your look of confusion. Uh, I'm thinking X-Men. Yeah. And I'm thinking- so I, I was watching a show. I can't remember what it was, but it was they were ridiculing the person because they know nothing about superheroes. I fall similar in that category. My children uh, have pulled me along to getting into the area. Like we did WandaVision and things like that. But my inclination is not to be into superheroes. So I'm I'm a willing participant. 
I can't do it all because I'm like, ah, I've got kind of like the budget meetings. I can do 20 minutes of a recap, maybe 10. I can't do four hours of a sit. Oh, I can. Yeah. So you can do a 16-hour uh, what, what's it called? Mar- marathon. Yeah. You would just freaking watch movies and engage with these people. I could do two hours. I might fall asleep for 20 minutes during that, and I get ridiculed for that as well. But I don't want to completely shut it out. I want to be willing, but it's it's a challenge for me, I'll say. So anyways, the joke in the show was, you don't even know anything. Your favorite uh, superhero is X-Man. And then the guy's like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> so now that's my new superhero favorite. Well, I watched one with my very young grandson, which I'd never watched before and was not familiar with, Captain Underpants. Oh, yes. That was an awesome movie, I'm just saying. Glad to hear. So my boy grew up uh, reading all of those. He was an avid reader. It, it was amazing. Captain I was, you know, I think I probably enjoyed it more. Yes. Shout out to Captain Underpants. And then what yes. about Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yes. I like I like those movies. And um, I pretty much like all of the old 80s movies like Caddyshack and... Um, well, that might even been the seventies. Christmas Vacation. I love all of the, the you know the iconic movies. Yeah. Every year I watch Christmas Vacation like several times. Ironically, you're going to be a little shocked about this. The first time I've ever seen that movie was this year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I did enjoy it thoroughly. Chevy Chase is hilarious. Um, so with Chevy Chase, also Community. Have you seen that? Yes. Okay. But I I like I loved him in Caddyshack. Yep. Um, I love Bill Murray. Ghostbusters is one of my favorites mm-hmm. all over m- movies. We were going to dress up today. We were. And if we had, then you would have been dressed up as? I would have been dressed up as the Melissa McCarthy Ghostbuster. Yep. God bless her. Yep. And I wasn't even sure what I was going to dress up. I literally was probably going to dre- like grab the cape off of Darth <laughs> Vader and put it on and, and say I was Darth Vader. But I, yeah, that's what we were going to do. Yes, it would have been very. It would have been very epic. Maybe next time. Yes. So speaking of epic, if you could pick one famous person to walk through that door right now, sit down and participate in this podcast, who would it be? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, and love what, Die Hard. Die Hard's one of my favorite movies too. And so, what would be grand about Bruce Willis? Just you would just fangirl the hell out. I I really would. Yeah. I I would do that and. You know, I would definitely want his autograph. Uh-huh. But I would want to talk to him about Alan Rickman, who was in the Harry Potter, Harry Potter movies, but he was also Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Okay. And, you know, he's gone from us. Okay. And I would just love to know more about like, him. Tell me more. What, tell me more. About working with him. Like, what was he like? What did he eat for lunch? That kind of stuff. Gotcha. So I am surprised that you chose Bruce over... Hemsworth. Yes. That's a tough one, probably. But but you've got to remember, I've already been touched by Chris Hemsworth. Okay, so that's old news. I mean, you know, if you're going to have a one and only, you you know, because it was between Bruce Willis and Bill Murray. Okay. Really? Okay. Yes. So that was a tough one then. That was tough. And But since you've already experienced Hemsworth, he's old meat now. We need some new, fresh guys to get in there and and figure out and talk to and, and get in. Is that right? Yes. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do when I show up for these photo ops is I try to think you only have a few seconds and I try to think of one funny thing to say to them 
as I'm walking away. Stand out. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and when I met David Duchovny, because I used to be a huge X-Files fan, for some reason, one of the volunteers kept coming out of the where they were taking the pictures and saying, do not kiss him. So I don't know if somebody kissed him. Gotcha. But I'm like thinking, who does that? It's, it's almost like saying, do not go out and mow naked in your, your dog. Yard. Yeah, in your right. dog collar. You don't need to say that, you would think. Nevertheless, it was said. And it was said multiple times while I was in line. That is bizarre. So when we finally get up, my daughter and I get up to David Duchovny, and we pose for the picture. Did you have an overwhelming urge to kiss him? No, but what I did was I turned around and looked at him before I left, and I said, you know, they kept saying, do not kiss him, but mentally, I did it anyway. (laughs) And I walked away. He laughed. Yes. You know, so I always try to think of one line to say, and that's why I said to him, mentally, I did it anyway. Well done. That was. I'm sure he still remembers that to this day. He, he probably tells his grandkids about that story. He, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, so the uniqueness of the Comic-Con scenarios, or you have plenty of memories, I'm guessing. Throw out a, a general number. How many Comic-Con doohickeys have you been to? Just take a round guess. Nearest 10. God, I'm thinking. 20 or 30? No. 50? Maybe 10 or 15. Okay, got it. And there's one coming. Yes. And you're excited. Yes. Tell El- me about that. Elkhart Hall of Heroes Comic Con uh-huh. will be at the RV Hall of Fame in Elkhart um, on Labor Day weekend, okay. which I believe is September 4th and 5th. Okay. Um, and so far, um, we are still finalizing our guests, but we have Guy Gilchrist, who was an animator for the Muppet Babies. Okay. So he's coming. Just the babies, not the regular Muppets. No, the babies. babies. Okay. And then we have the guys from Animation Alley that did the Hanna-Barbera. They're coming back. Cool. Um, And I have heard Adrian Paul from the Highlander. Um, There can be only one. So I'm I'm hoping that that that's still a go because we've had to postpone so many times. Right. I'm hoping we we are going to be able to go with that. Gotcha. That Rona keeps postponing stuff. It does. And and it puts them off, too, because they're trying to schedule their appearances. Right. And then it gets con- continued, and then they book something else. So we're trying to lock all of that down. Right. Um, we couldn't get Chris Hemsworth. What would it take? Probably $200,000. k to get him to show up. And we tried to get Thor, yep. the RV company, to sponsor him okay and we were going to give him a great big banner that says thor presents thor dun, dun, dun. no they weren't doing it they were not having it so out of we, the 200k that it would potentially take to get him here were you saying thor pay all of it or were you like hey, if you pay 100 we'll we'll raise the other 100 no we were pretty much asking them to sponsor him. No, we, we want him we don't have that yeah. you know so we wanted them to sponsor him. Um, and you know who Patrick Warburton is? Of course I don't. Um, he was on Rules of Engagement, and he also played Putty on Seinfeld. He's also on Family Guy. He does a voice. Um, and he was also The Tick, which was kind of a superhero. The Tick does sound a little familiar. But what about, tell me about this Putty from Seinfeld. I don't know that I'm familiar. He was Elaine's boyfriend, okay. and he would show up with his face painted to go to sports events and, you know. And I'm hopeful 
they're in talks with him uh-huh. because we have his original tick costume. Okay. And it's at the Hall of Heroes Museum. And so we're trying to kind of connect that up and say, hey, why don't you come down and help us dedicate your costume? You know, we'll sell it any way we can. Yeah, we'll make a big deal. So the tick is a, there's a physical. He's like a, I thought he it, was an animated dude. Well, there's, I think there's an animated one. Okay. And then there's a new one that plays the tick. But okay. I think Patrick Warburton was the first. And he was a fi- like a physical dude right. on and camera. Right, and he was in a full blue, like, bodysuit with antenna. Okay. But he was like a tick that got then bigger, and he, but he was super strong compared to— He was a crime fighter. Is he like the bug version of Superman, basically? Yeah, but I don't think he has any superpowers. No, he just—well, well, a he tick just, alone— has superpowers, he, right? He would just dress up. They could jump and, super far, right? Yeah, he would just dress up yeah. and fight crime. Got it. So it was more kind of like a Batman where I have some skills and things at my disposal, but I'm going to fight crime is my biggest thing. Kind of like you were fighting crime in your agenda open government, but there wasn't crime. It was just you were fighting oppression. I was fighting the establishment. The man. Were you speaking truth to power? I was speaking truth to power. I was speaking sarcasm to power. Uh-huh. I was speaking funny to power. So a little bit of all of that. Yeah. So if you could give advice to your earlier spunkier self in that regard, what would be the biggest thing that you'd say, hey, sister, maybe consider this? Or would you say, do it all over the same, keep on rolling? I, I, I believe I would have done it the same with, with the technology I had at the time. Okay. Um, I would have done it the same because I, I did find it somewhat rewarding, you know, and when people would come up and say, I read your newsletter, I was always surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. You find something in your paper box, you think people just throw it away. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people did. Sure. But some of them actually read it. But you were like semi-local famous to those people. They were like, this woman's got it going on. And then, like I said, every once in a while, the newspaper would print something about my newsletter. So, but it was, I I think, um, to just keep at it. Just keep going, sister. So, do you feel like that same fire is in you now, or has it maybe dwindled a little bit, or tapered, or what's, how would you describe that progression that you've experienced from then till now? Well, I, I am an active voter, and... I, I do pay attention to what's happening on all levels of government. Um, now, in the day of people with blogs and, you know, there's really, I don't see a need for what I used to do mm-hmm. because there are so many other people out there doing it. Gotcha. So I, um, but I do stay up on current events and... I I do vote. I do stay up. I try to encourage others to register to vote. Again, I don't care what, who you're voting for. Um, just get out there and, and make it count. Gotcha. So what would you say to those who, number one, don't follow any current events whatsoever? And I'm going to put myself in that category. Like literally, purposefully, don't watch, don't listen to news. The only news I get is probably from your memes on Facebook, to be honest. <laughs> And most well, of that is nonsense and hilarious. Well, I I understand the not watching the news thing mm-hmm. because that can just give you a stomachache. Right. Health I'm, and blood pressure. You know, um, I don't think people should immerse themselves. 
I, but I do think they should like once a week get some highlights, find out what's happening yeah. on the national level. But on the local level, maybe tune in once a week and see if there's something that you need to know about, whether it be an opportunity for your kids to play ball or, or attend a summer camp or because all of those are put on by Parks and Recreation. Um, or um, if there's a there was a pop-up market, there's a farmer's market, just like even just log on to the city's um, Facebook page and track events. It doesn't have to be serious or uh, mind-numbing. Yeah. It can just keep you up to date on this event is happening, this program's available, you know. How about a deal? If you make a meme about it, then I'll, I will look at it then. I'm going to make a meme. There you go. And then when the meme comes up, like, oh, look, I can sign up for soccer if I want. Yes. And then hopefully there'll be like a funny image in there and be like, I'm also entertained. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, and I try to share stuff from the police department. They are doing a DEA take back where people can drop off their expired or unused prescriptions okay. to safely dispose of them. I mean, things like that. Even if you just kind of keep your finger on the pulse of all the different uh, activities happening. Right. It doesn't have to be serious and and drudgery. And the best way to follow that is like the local newspaper website and or paper or what would Face, be? I would say Facebook and I would say um City has a website, ElkhartIndiana.org. So when you say Facebook, what is the one page to uh, follow for that? Well, the city of Elkhart has one. Okay. And then every department has one. Are, is the city of Elkhart going to say, hey, we're doing this drug thing with the police? It, I don't know if they shared that or not. Okay. So I do on my page. Okay. I do on my page. but You reshare I, it? Yes. Okay. And, you know, if they're having a food distribution, because those have been big during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I always share those on my page. And you say, good people doing good things. Good people doing positive Positive things. things. There it is. That's my tagline. You do, you use it. And I try, because we get enough negative stuff. Mm -hmm. But I do try to make people aware, you know, there's a food distribution. Um, you can drop your unused drugs off here, safely dispose of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I try to keep them up on all of those things. So it doesn't have to be drudgery. Sometimes you could just benefit from the activities or services that are being offered. Do you think it would increase uh, popularity if it was, uh, instead of a food drive and a drug distribution, it was a drug <laughs> drive for distribution that might be popular for some people? Maybe lawnmower guy. The lawnmower guy... David. David would like that. He may be interested in something like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. And say I don't think that would be a city-sponsored event. It probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be very positive for the city. No. But it's funny to think about. I think. But I bet if the police were running it, they would do some kind of dragnet. Then you know. Yeah. I mean, so. But yeah, I think that um, you know. Jazz Fest is coming up, and, you know, the new conditions that are going to be in effect for Jazz Fest, which I think is scheduled for June. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of information. It doesn't have to be always about controversy or, or law or the budget. There's a lot going on in Elkhart. Tune in. Join in. Join in tune. And, and... Get in touch with what's happening around us. Visit our local merchants. Find out what they're doing. We have art walks on Wednesday nights in the summer where you can just walk downtown and different businesses are open late. And 
So all of that stuff helps get you involved. Right. You become more aware and more involved as you attend these things. Yeah. And then something else may catch your interest. So it doesn't have to be serious. It right. can be an activity or service. That does sound much more enjoyable for uh, people like myself. But nevertheless, there's a good balance that we can have being informed and having fun, a little bit of both. It seems to be a good place to settle in. Yes. Um, I'm thinking about your procession, again, back of your days of being the hemorrhoid and then getting, and now you're in office. Like, How the heck did that come about? How the heck did you end up as the city clerk? Well, I tell you what, when, when I, back in the day, when I was doing my newsletter, if you'd have told me that I would someday run for elected office right. and, and be an elected official, I would have never believed it. It was not my goal. It was not my intent. My intent was to shed light mm-hmm. on everything that was going on. Good, bad, and different. Right. Just you want the truth out there. Yes. And so um, about 14 years ago, uh, Sue Beadle, our beloved clerk who's no longer with us, she asked me to come work for her. And at the time, I thought that was kind of funny. How did you even know Sue? I've, I've known Sue from the days of my newsletter. Okay. Because she was an elected official and I would come to council meetings, and we were in the same circles, so I knew her. And so I thought it was kind of funny, and I thought, well, who would ever thought I'd work for City Hall? Right. And, <laughs> and then I was just, you know, an entry-level position. And then after, um, when Sue got ready to retire, she chose me and said that she felt that I would be a good person to take to take her place. Was there like a knighting ceremony? Like she took the sword and was <laughs> yeah. like, I now deem you. Yeah, I wish. W. Because I, you know, lightsaber, yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's still kind of a pinch me thing. Because I don't think about the old days a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and like I said, when um, it was brought up by my clerk that she had read, <laughs> they're still over there. My newsletters are still in the legal department. Shout out to Tracy for bringing yeah. it up. I was like, I was like, oh, because I really didn't have a filter back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no profanity, but the sarcasm was thick with that one. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think it helped in a way prepare me. I've learned how government works yeah. over the years. Um, I worked for two prosecutors' offices, so I know how the justice system works. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think it helped prepare me. And one of my duties as city clerk is I am the custodian of the records. And I do understand what a public record is. Right. So there will never be a dispute with my office. Someone's over, like, hey, can I get that public record? You're yes, like, you can. Here it is. Uh, because a lot of people don't realize that um, the information we have on dockets of what they're charged with, and what the sentence was, that's all a public record. And I don't even know what a docket is. It is a, it is a document that outlines the case as it progresses. Okay. Um, we would have to remove personal identifiers, such as date of birth, social security number, driver's license number. That is not a public record. Correct. But other than that, we have to provide that information. And 
you know, I've struck, I've stressed that with my staff. Is Dwayne the Naked Lawnmower Man on a docket somewhere? He is. Oh, shoot. He is on the, he's on the docket. We used to have his mug shot. Oh. Because when they took his mug shot, I yeah. mean, they only took it from the waist up. Uh-huh. But he had no shirt on okay. and the dog collar. He has the dog collar in the mug shot. In the mug shot. That sounds to be almost as famous as the Johnny Depp mug shot, in my <laughs> mind. Or at least it's up there in the echelon. And the the one thing is now that the clerk's office is on Odyssey, uh-huh. which is a statewide program run by the Indiana Supreme Court, right? people can look up any case they want online. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to come in. And um, so if you, if you got a traffic ticket or... If you got a DUI, you can pull up and see when your next court date is, or you can check on your neighbor. Uh-huh. Like, what's my neighbor doing? He's yes. doing some weird shit over there. I bet my neighbor's been arrested. Yeah. He's probably riding his lawnmower. Public. With a dog <laughs> collar. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling he was going to get fined. That's That was such a, it was such a, I know people think I'm kidding. That was a real case in it. our court i love it i'm obviously obsessed with it since i've mentioned it a thousand times right now well yeah and so it's good times i you know i think next time i see the judge because he always comes in here to get his robe i'm gonna say judge remember naked lawnmower guy we've named him now i want to i want to yeah i want to see what his reaction is yes and then relay that to me because i am very curious (laughs) about that yeah so okay you went you were being talked down to by the mayor back in the day the, the housewife, and then what was your progression? Uh, were you just stay? You were a stay-at-home mom, and then you started to get into the workforce. What was that? I was at the time going to a paralegal school. Okay, and I was just finishing up. Yep. And um, I went to a dinner, and there was an attorney there. And by now, I my newsletter's kind of out there, and we were talking at dinner, and I just said. You know, oh, I I just finished my paralegal. And so he called me like a week later and said, are you looking for a job? So then he hired me part-time, which was the best thing that ever happened to that mayor. Because uh-huh. now I've got a job. Uh-oh. And that was going to reduce the amount of time I had, you had to be a hemorrhoid. You had more money to publish, but less time to but do But less the time to attend all these meetings. Yep. So, um, and he eventually was the attorney then that represented me in my case against the city uh-huh. but then i went full time and i really think they should have sent him like an edible bouquet or something because then i just didn't have the time i was in everybody else's position i don't have time to publish a newsletter and work and take care of my family you know yeah an edible bouquet is that like a drug reference no okay it is fruit ah yeah yeah arranged mm-hmm. like a bouquet yes actually so last year uh, when COVID hit and my daughters got uh, quarantined, they were bummed and they had stuff going on. They had to miss out. My mom, the grandma, sent those those fruit bouquets and they brightened those girls' day right up. So, Yes, I, I do believe they owed him at least a thank you card. Thank you for giving her a job. Thank you so much to take that time <laughs> off her hands instead of being up my bum. Yes. Got it. Well, this has been a pleasure. Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoy, always enjoy you, Phil. I'm glad. I And I enjoy you as well. That's why we're doing this. I don't do this uh, kind of thing with people I don't enjoy. Um, but I've got a few last questions. So as we start to wrap up, if you had the ability to send a, let's say, the, be the background on everybody's cell phone, a billion people, 
you know, everyone in this country and then some. What would that background say? What would the message convey or what would be that that thing that you'd put on that? Wow. Okay. Um, Getting back to the crux of what we're talking about, dare to be dull. Like just top of your head right now, go. There should be humor in everything. There you go. That's it right there. Humor. Humor. Because laughing reduces stress. It's a big deal. So that reminds me, we, uh, we went to Washington, D.C. last week. We were dri- as we were driving, we were listening to this book called The Book of Joy. The Dalai Lama is speaking to Desmond Tutu, and they're supposed to be these holy men, these serious men that you know are very impactful and influential. And all it highlighted, not all it highlighted, one of the main factors it highlighted was how much they focused on humor being a very big part of being holy or spiritual and really experiencing your soul on another level, it's not really doable without humor. And that is a mind-blowing thing when you think about it because typically we think of you know religious or spiritual as being very somber, but not the case at all with these guys. So it speaks right to exactly what you're saying. I try to find the humor in everything. I mean, why not? I, I really do. I try to find some sense of humor or or something that makes people smile, you know, because life is short. Life is short. So laugh a lot. Yep. I dig that. Where can people find you or connect with you if they were want to see you on the internet or whatever? What would you recommend there? I'm on Facebook. It's under Deborah Osborne Barrett. Um, Barrett is double R, double T. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the main place I think they would connect with me. If you want to see hilarious memes and kitty cat pictures and or comments, then that's definitely the place to be. And good people doing positive things. That is also a frequent thing as well. That's true. All right. So hit her up on Facebook if you want. And uh, again, thank you so much. I almost feel like maybe right there the rogues gallery could make an appearance. You know, you never know. We'll, We'll find out. To be continued. To be continued. Thank you, Deborah Barrett. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for listening. Today's show was brought to you by Humor because I love hilarious things. So I want to encourage you right now to write down my phone number, 574-303-8433. And text me something hilarious, quirky, goofy, unique that happened to you this week or this month. I want to hear it. Thank you so much for your support and listening to the show. That alone means the most to me. Peace. Pee-poo, 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 pee-poo.